five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Home podcast, your premier podcast for the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I'm Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually as mostly always by Omni at Omnistrife and Jordan at Sir Dr. JM. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello, hello. Happy to mostly be here almost every week. Mostly. Mostly be here mostly? Some, sometimes yeah. it's just his face. The rest of his body doesn't make it. <laughs> he's he's exactly. here in spirit. Yeah. Well, just in case one of the three of us didn't show up, because over the last like few weeks, that's sort of been the way it's been. Uh, we decided to go in and get a fourth chair to join us. Uh, we have Samson here. Uh, you might know uh, Samson as a modern Titans cord, prolific Titans fan. Uh, if you play him in game, he's got the juiciest booty. <laughs> yes, that's me. Uh, I am always given those juicy shatters so if you get shattered by the juicy booty ryan i'm sorry it's just what i do <laughs> but uh yeah welcome to the the show samson uh, for those who who are like well why did you want to get a fourth chair well it's not just because i was genuinely worried one of us wouldn't show up this is a guy who actually went to the summer showdown mm. at boots on ground and uh, a little bit later you're, you know you're gonna tell us uh, how that trip went yeah i'm really looking forward to that um lots of thoughts to share uh like uh like like force said earlier i am a big titans fan and even while i didn't go to see the titans necessarily um that was definitely a treat that uh i can't complain about so yeah i, I hope you didn't go for the titans only because <laughs> you didn't get good value yeah Definitely, well, I mean, definitely went for the experience. Yeah, there, we go, there we go. I mean, I, I should walk that back. The Titans being there, very good value. <laughs> um, but I don't necessarily know once they were there, we all thought that was the only value that uh, the Titans fans would get. But mm -hmm. no, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. Before that, we got to get through a uh, setup of a week that will be because the Overwatch League Countdown Cup kicks off on Thursday. And uh, both the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans are in action with uh, a stage that can define whether one team is in without having to play in and another who is playing for the hope to play in and uh, at the same time hope that other teams don't play well. Uh, what else happened? Well, since last episode... Apparently, uh, leaks on 4chan are, are what get you information out of Blizzard these days. So we've got a whole lot of, you know, Battle Pass information, Overwatch 2 information, new hero information. Two weeks from the launch-ish of uh, Overwatch 2. And uh, I don't know, everything yeah. else that we can uh, throw in between. I mean, that's still small fry compared to what, what happened to GTA 6, right? <laughs> True. That's right. Yeah. Who, who who needs leaks when your entire game gets like data mined and thrown up on YouTube? Oof. That's yeah. that's a rough day at the office. I bet. Moving the payload. Join me. So if you've been following along, not a lot's been happening in the Overwatch League uh, in the grand scheme of things over the last uh, couple of weeks. But we do have uh, action in uh, front of us, uh, kicking off on Thursday at the Toronto Defiant, taking on. The Atlanta Rain. Uh, that'll be 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, and on Thursday. Toronto, uh, if you haven't been keeping score, 
is in a really good spot. I mean, they have the ability to go in with another good stage to find themselves in playoff position. And if, again, you're still struggling, what do you mean by that? The Overwatch League has playoffs. To qualify for the playoffs, you either have a particular record over the course of the season or you play in through playoff qualifiers and find yourself a, a, a final couple of spots. Toronto has destiny in front of them. If Toronto has a good stage, they can skip the whole we need to play ourselves into the playoffs and get themselves to the, uh, I don't know, I was going to say the big final, but no, the big final is the grand final. And then like the playoffs are like the, we're going to show you some of it final. And then some of you can go and watch it final. So the qualifiers but, to the uh, big, big thing, I guess. Yeah. There's the qualifiers to the, the big thing. Then there's the qualifiers the, within the big thing. The, the, yeah. And then the big so thing to the big qual- thing. Sometimes need to qualify for the qualifiers. So that's yeah. what you're getting to. Yeah. Something like, so yeah. Follow the. Dots as you I'm want to qualify that statement in some way, or <laughs> I may, <laughs> but um, what is it that we know about the Atlanta Rain Toronto Defiant matchup? Oh. I don't like I, so. I'm actually, you know, how like we prefaced last stage is like we don't know how Junker Queen is going to truly impact, and oh, hey, the Scrimbucks are saying the Titans are a phenomenal team, and we're like, whoa, wait, how is this possible? Much of that came true, but now we know that Junker Queen is getting a nerf. Yep. And if we've seen anything out of contenders, it's like, hey, play whatever you want. Maybe there's a Sombra, probably an Ana, something else in between. And that has me wondering, well, how the heck can you even predict what might happen? Yeah. I mean, this... This season in particular, I feel like I get dumber and dumber with each passing stage. <laughs> like stage one, fine. You you have a little bit of a, of a feel feel out uh, stage. Players play on Overwatch two. You get a lot of interesting metas and twists and stuff. But you get like the defined best teams out there with the Glads, and then they come back, and suddenly there's a big twist with the introduction of Junker. Jungle Queen with with the jotes and suddenly everything you knew is wrong. Uh, they don't even make uh, you know the stage finals and things like that. And now going forward, it, it's even more confusing. Like who's a good team? Who's a bad team? Can Vancouver win a <laughs> win a match this stage? Nobody really knows. Um, it, it's it's been really really confusing for me personally to to really gauge. Where especially like the, those teams that are packed in the middle, uh, uh, it's really hard to see uh, what the trends are because it's like a roller coaster. Um, personally, about the Defiant and Rain, I, I will say that I feel like the Defiant going into the stage are they will have the upper hand. But then again, if I that's what I feel, maybe that's the opposite <laughs> in reality. I hope not, but you know, it's been pretty pretty nuts. Yeah, this season more than before. I, th- I think this Toronto Atlanta game is gonna, in a lot of ways, set the pace for what we can expect from Toronto uh, in this stage because Atlanta is gonna be one of their tougher matches, um, probably no matter what. I mean, in in the Jotes meta, they weren't too impressive, but uh, I think mm. they were still expected to put up a good fight, and Toronto beat them pretty pretty handily. Um, but looking, yeah, at that, at the competition, I mean, like you say, that four through 
seven or eight spot is all pretty up in the air. And outside of that, I mean, even the eight, nine spots are only a couple points away from those as well. So it's seemingly anybody's game uh, to get up to that probably fourth spot at least. Hmm. Would you say that part of that, like, like not understanding of what's to come and, and uh, all that is kind of the lack of ability to play Overwatch 2? Or would, would you say it's more like we haven't really seen any play style identity from teams so far this season? Like we saw uh, Jotes and which teams mastered that, which was the Dallas Fuel and Shock and mm-hmm. uh, Toronto Defiant as well. Um, but other than that, I, I don't feel like a certain team has a certain play style. Maybe Florida yeah. is good with the, what is it, double off healers? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, we did see some some nice patterns to what success could be in, in, in a tank that could play, like, off and main tank at the start. Or we would see, you know, how, how supports impacted the game and when Lucio uh, could be viable. And then we saw some Brig. And then everything flipped on its head. So maybe it's a matter of how coaches adjust. Maybe it's a matter of, of uh, um, you know, how you're players can adjust and and react like we didn't see a lot of variation during the stage maybe it's just a matter of having a hanbin or a proper Mm -hmm. on your team and that's enough but even that might not be true because like look at look at the gladiators roster and even that failed i'm I'm not really sure what caused that it's it's a mystery they did have a little little bit of a bounce back towards the end not enough um it's a combination of many things i think a lot of it is just not having access to the game like before uh, sometimes if you have contenders play out before the, the stage, like people can have some access to scrims and things like that. And that might be like a big, big factor. Um, but you know, not having access like 24 seven access to the game will really put a twist to your preparation or lack thereof. Maybe that's part of it. What made this season so much more harder to predict or to gauge, really? Yeah, I, I think I, before. I agree that that's got to be a significant part of it. Um, like you say, there's you know there's things that float up from contenders just because it's a bit of a different schedule. Um, but realistically, if we were all in the game, then we would all at least have some idea of what's good. Um, you know, yes, the the shifts in meta and the tweaks that they make in these patches do change you know, the characters that are the strongest, but to an extent you can always count on being able to play. Um, I mean the game at a base level, but certain characters will, will always be relatively viable. Um, and especially when you only have such a, a, a small amount to choose from on the tank and on the, uh, the sport side. Um, but yeah, I think it all seems very up in the air right now. Um, I would assume it's going to be closer to shifting back to maybe mid-season madness. I think I heard some rumors that it might be kind of close to kickoff clash. I did hear that we, you know, mm. the rumors are that there's some changes to Sombra and we might see Sombra coming back into the mix. Um, well, content like contenders play. We've yeah. seen like Sombra was almost the must pick Anna mm-hmm. or Lu- like it was seemed Anna and Lucio or Anna like, or mm. Lucio. Like there That's was a sort of thing. Yeah. And now we know that, like, even Kiriko will be introduced at some point towards the end of the... In the playoffs. Yeah. Yes, in going Ooh. into the postseason. Yeah, this this reminds me a lot of when they swapped to 2-2-2 two, two, two in, like, stage four of whatever yeah. year that was. And it just threw a hammer, or I oh. guess a wrench, 
into everyone's standings. Or let me remind you a painful memory of when Sigma came into mm-hmm. the play. So, well, that like that was it. It was two, two, mm-hmm. two, and Sigma. Ooh. Like we saw both occur over the course of that yeah. that season. And you know, I, I mean, let's let's be realistic here. The teams have been playing on the patch. They've been scrimming. They'll have a good idea as to what the meta might be amongst themselves. Whether or not they all agree that there is a defined meta or defined approach, that's, you know, a possibility or, or not. But what I think is key is what we saw in this last stage, a shift to a meta. And the teams that were able to adapt and adapt quickly surfaced up real well. The Los Angeles Gladiators, a very talented team, they weren't able to adapt. It took them a while to figure that out. And unfortunately, too late. Now, would we say the Vancouver Titans were a significantly better team than the Los Angeles Gladiators? Based on that stage, yeah, totally, Jordan. Thumbs up. I know Samson here, he three overwatched the Titans all the way through that stage. But in a grand scheme, over the course of a season, would the Titans have been a better team than the Gladiators? It's harder for me to actually agree <laughs> with that not. statement. Right, because the Glads are a, they're a talented team, and it's nothing against the Titans. It's just individually, they're bringing a lot to the table. I feel that when we think about us as fans on the outside looking in, we have no ability to play the game. We have no ability to see others top, streaming top tier gameplay. I think that's the big thing. We would know what's going to be uh, impactful or have an opinion on what will be impactful because we'll have been seeing it in the past two weeks. In this case, we haven't. So as it sort of, you know, plays into pickums or how we analyze and approach, you know, I think Jordan hit the nail on the head. This particular matchup between these two teams will be a good sort of, you know, barometer as to whether Toronto will have a, a great stage. Now, I should point out Toronto actually plays again on Friday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. However, they play against the New York. Is it finally time for New York's meta? I've been hearing that all season. They get the right meta and they'll be on fire. (laughs) I don't. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm confident as much as I can be confident with a lack of confidence. This sounds an awful lot like the conversation at the start where it was uh, qualifying for the qualifiers and you got to qualify and, all that qualifying, right? Mm-hmm. I'd like to see New York qualify. <laughs> That's for something. what we do best. Yeah. yeah, I need a I need a visual here. I'm a visual learner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the look look at my hands. They're explaining it all. The, the flow chart you can you can see, and our listeners cannot. Um, but I mean, I. I I think if we look at those two matches, that's one that I think most would expect Toronto to win. Like regardless of the stage so far, Toronto wins this match. Yeah, maybe this is the meta for New York, <laughs> but I. I'm not buying that. Uh, I just that want Yaki to feel bad that he didn't come to Toronto. <laughs> Sorry, but I, I hold a grudge because I, I loved him with Florida and then he apparently rejected Toronto. So, but what's interesting to know, like outside of this New York match and Atlanta match, what are the other four matches that defiant have this stage? Well, they kick things off the following week against San Francisco. That's a team everyone wants to face. Mm-hmm. But then we get the second battle of Canada mm-hmm. that weekend when they take on the Titans. Mm-hmm. And then they wrap up uh, their season a uh, couple weeks later by, well, not wrapping up their season, their regular yeah. season. <laughs> qualify that. 
by playing the Mayhem and the Outlaws. So if you're the Toronto Defiant, you're not looking at this as a really easy stage. No, it's about 50-50-ish, I'd say. Yeah, well, maybe a little more. No stage where you, no stage where you, you know, match up with the Titans is an easy one. So, so true. That's exactly <laughs> what I meant. You know, you took the words right out of my the, mouth. No, but it, it is true. I, I'd say like their matchup against New York on paper should be the easiest. Um, outside of that, yeah, and then probably with the Titans. But outside of these two matchups, like every match will be a tough one to. to um, well, I mean, but you say that, but then I would point out like there was very few teams that gave the Defiant a true run for their money last stage until they sure. matched up against top teams. The Titans were one of them. Right. Like this was the weird thing about the Titans last stage is they had so much potential and then nerves or whatever yeah. it was got the best. They of always kind of played up to stronger opponents and didn't to the, the ones that they were supposed to beat, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, didn't the um, Titans take the fight to map five uh, last they night? They did. And, ar- and arguably probably had an opportunity yeah, to like win that fifth single map. play kind of broke everything mm-hmm. for them at the end. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the, the pulse did not sell phone King. <laughs> yeah. So right. could have been worse. Um, Titans. They only have the, uh, actually, no, sorry. They have two matches this, uh, this weekend. My bad. Um, the Vancouver Titans, they, uh, they get themselves underway, uh, by taking on the London Spitfire mm. who, you know, I, I'm done doubting London. Yeah. And that's without any idea of what we're going to see with this stage. Even if the Titans had met up with London last stage, I think London probably plays that a little bit better behind the chatty Junker queen. Yeah, it's just, you know, Hattie mirror matchup, I think Hattie's better. For for lack of a better term, London is kind of that team that has the dog in them. <laughs> so they're never, like, <laughs> coming to a fight, you know, just, just not going to do whatever they can to win. That's kind of makes me nervous with Titans who sometimes don't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's a winnable match for the Titans. Titans, not to say that they're favorites per se, but okay. I mean, I, I winnable. Winnable, I think, is still. <laughs> I, it's a, I, it's it, a tough it, one. It, yeah, it's a tough. One. I don't know London, in my opinion, they're maybe their standings don't show it. Maybe I'll pull it up here, but but I feel like they're kind of in the top top five they're like teams of the league. They're technically uh, ahead so of Toronto far. right now. Yeah, yeah. So like, and and yeah, they have that dog in them, but. I, I think what they have that Titans don't have is that kind of wild card, like Backbones, May, uh, Sparker's mm. ability to just pop off consistently for a map or two. <laughs> I think that's where Vancouver kind of lacks. And and it's, well, yeah, sad to admit, but I feel like London, or it's going to be a tough one for the Titans. Yeah, I, you know, I think you're right. I mean, this. Yeah. Bitfire have sort of that pop-off ability sort of throughout that the Titans have in a couple spots. But what gives me most worry about this stage is if Chaos is the meta, is there a team in the West that can play Chaos 
better than London, or if not chaos allows them to play their way. Mm -hmm. Like that seems to me to be where they thrive. It, it is, it is surreal how well they've been able to simply like play how they do. I mean, it was at the, um, mid season madness mm -hmm. I and mean, there, there's a defined meta and here's London. Yeah. We're going to play Reinhardt and, uh, there's nothing you can do to I stop would argue us. That both London and, and Florida are in similar positions in that sense. I think they're both the teams that everyone probably tends to underestimate. And then for whatever reason, they make it work. And the funny thing is they have a bit of a rivalry this season with, with Florida, of course, squashing their, their hopes in, you know, back to back tournaments. Right. Um, mm. yeah, overall, I mean, what's, I would pose the question, what's the weakest part of the Vancouver Titans going into a new meta where we think, I mean, this is going to reveal what I think it is, but where we don't think Junker Queen is going to be the only tank played. That's my well, biggest that's, concern. If it's not Junker Queen and it's exactly. not Doom. Right. What are they playing in contenders on tanks outside of Junker Queen? Uh, so they've mm -hmm. played Junker Queen. They've played Doom. Uh, Ryan, um, some Winston. Like Pretty it's all over the place. The, and I can't say oh, okay. I watched yeah. a lot, but... Like, let's look at false. I mean, what is the one hero um, or two that you could say he's looked good on? Diva Zarya. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think his Winston wasn't bad, but it wasn't stellar. Um, Mir was the better Doom. Mir was Junker the better uh, Junker Queen, as yeah. far as we know. I mean, True. I can't imagine false was on the bench, <laughs> right? So I just, I think... If that is not the biggest question, the follow-up is what happens in support? Yeah, and I mean, I I think support has been reliable this season. I wouldn't say they've been top tier, but I think they've been they've been good. Um, I actually like Aztec quite a bit. Um, mm. I think, obviously, their, their stars are, are the DPS lineup, and they can, you know, pop off quite consistently, as we've seen from Aspire. And now that King's been integrated into the roster, the two of them work really well together. Um but I would also wonder, you know, going back to the DPS side of things, is Sojourn going to be viable? Is Ash going to be viable? From what I heard, and I'm not the biggest follower of contenders either, I haven't heard Ash said a lot. I don't know if I've, I don't recall hearing Sojourn a lot, but maybe. Um, There's been, like and that's Tracer, the thing is, yeah, Zombra. in Tracer, we could see some decent Tracer play, but if King can't play the Genji, what else does he have? I, I don't know because I didn't follow King before he joined the Titans. Um, and then, yeah, if, if we, well, Mir, Mir did Sombra. Oh, did, did he? he not? Yeah. Okay. Mir is a DPS player That's before true. he yes. was mainly a tank That's player. true. That's a good point. Um, so we could see him jumping back on DPS, but then again, that throws into question the tank side, right? Where, where I don't think that false has, uh, has proven he, he can play up to par in a lot of situations. So it's a big question mark. Yeah. That's what we've come to the conclusion of. It sounds like. How much Arisa yeah. has been played? <laughs> uh, I heard a little bit, but it's still seemingly no, hard. Oh, there was a I little bit? I did hear that oh. there was a I, I little think I bit. Did. I was yeah. going to say, are, are you certain it wasn't two Arisas with a Torb 1v1? That's a good point. <laughs> I recall that, but uh, no. <laughs> um, you know, the Vancouver Titans do get things underway against the London Spitfire and hopefully address some of these questions we have at 12 noon Pacific, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, December 24th. And they get to follow things up to wind out the uh, weekend on Sunday at 4.30 p.m. Pacific, 7.30 p.m. Eastern against the Los Angeles Gladiators, who 
I don't think they're a happy Big team. For Vancouver. And and uh, you heard it here first. <laughs> there is a bit of hopium for me. You know, they they looked not great last stage. They they did have a tough schedule, but what we've seen from this season so far is there's a lot of a lot of uh, quick shifts going on between teams and teams. If if I were to throw my two cents in on the Gladiators. I think it has to have come down to coaching and I think they really wanted to stick with their, you know, a lineup and it wasn't until they brought in space on the tank side of things that they saw things really come together and they had a bit of a turnaround. So I think coaching was really trying to force staying with that, you know, number one lineup and they unfortunately adapted too late. And that's why we really didn't see them perform in the Jotes meta, but I, I digress. But that point, if it carries into the stage, the gladiators have the ability to adapt like that in a way that other teams exactly don't. They were a little slow, but I think we're going to be back to Reiner and Reiner was looking real good until the Jotes meta. So yeah. Do they still have Kefster? They do. Mm-hmm. That's uh, already enough of a, of, of a thing to be worried about. Absolutely. Uh, oh, of course, funny Astro shoes, yeah. dude, all these guys are still there. They're stacked. No more ons. Let's but. just put it this way. Yeah, no more ons, but they did get happy. Yeah. Um, more than a serviceable uh, replacement. Totally. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see a win for Vancouver uh, <laughs> from here. I don't believe they're going to suck another stage twice in a row. Um, yeah. They got some tough matchups. Well, okay. But this is the thing, like to sort of segue into what is their stage going to look like? I don't, I, I could see the Vancouver Titans putting up a very competitive stage. The problem is they need more than just a competitive stage to be able sure. to get themselves into, to, to qualifiers, play-ins or whatever we want to, to call them. Mm-hmm. After this weekend, the Vancouver Titans take on the Dallas Fuel and then the Toronto Defiant, mm-hmm. as we already know. And then they wrap things up the subsequent weekend uh, by taking on the Mayhem and the Eternal. The, the sad part for the Vancouver Titans is if they don't go and get some big dubs in the early going, they could functionally have their season yeah. over before the regular season is done because they their their last week happens to be but a bye. They're going to go out on a win. You can mark that, stamp it with a dub. They're going to win that final match of the season. Yeah. Guaranteed. 100%. For Dr. JM, seal of approval. <laughs> Imagine they beat Gladiators and they oh beat my God. Like, uh, Dallas and then they, <laughs> they lose, lose to Paris. <laughs> it's the uh, it's the monkey's paw. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, rooster's um, paw. We, yeah, rooster's paw. We, we talked about sort of, you know, the different scenarios specifically for the Titans. Because like for the Defiant, the Defiant have destiny in front of them. Like they, they control. They don't have to have these convoluted scenarios where other teams do extremely uh, poorly. The Titans, they not only need to go in and get themselves W's, they need teams ahead of them to get L's. I think it was like the Vancouver Titans need at least three more wins than the Boston Uprising. Right? They need four more wins than the Washington Justice. And they don't play either in this stage. Yeah. I mean, like in the the weekly Uprising Discord, um, they were talking about different scenarios, and they've come to the conclusion, we don't want Vancouver to win. Like that's the easiest path for them. It's to simply hope that Vancouver loses. And you think about this. If Vancouver loses like two matches, it's a, it's a 4-2 stage, which is would be phenomenal. 
for the Boston uprising at that point. They just need to win well, twice. If you look at the standings, I mean, Boston is right on the line. They're in 10th. Vancouver's in 11th. Realistically, I mean, New York is one point behind Vancouver. But, like, Vancouver's the only team that even stands a chance of nipping at Boston's heels, if you ask me. And even still, they're a few feet back from nipping at their heels. So, yeah. It's, it's just, if there's a complaint that I have with how the Overwatch League has operated these last two seasons, is that the point structure is defined in such a way that your teams, the, you know, at the bottom tier, are definitively done before you get to that final stage. I know mathematically the Titans have a chance. I mean, mathematically everyone in the West does, but you know, drastic turnarounds are unusual. Fair play. If you were to tell me it just happened, but we then know the stage is going to be different. And this is the, the, the part that, that I find problematic. I, I would almost prefer, if they were to simply um, adopt a, a relegation promotion scheme with like, you know, a contender structure, I know that'll not happen because in North America, no owner ever wants to see their investment drop to a lower tier. But like what prevents a team from perpetually not doing well? They have Paris in their name. <laughs> Well, Paris is solving that problem by not being <laughs> Paris anymore. That's a good point. They're dropping the Paris from the Eternal. <laughs> uh, anyhow, I mean, it's as from a podcast perspective, I'm glad we can talk about the Toronto Defiant. We see an organization that is committed to winning. I hope the Vancouver Titans have finally turned that corner. Obviously, bringing in Depay was mm. huge, and they've made some subtle right. adjustments that have, you know, and Baroy, and they, we've we've seen these subtle adjustments but there's no no sign like i mean hey let's be realistic here adam will come on the show and he'll tell us i want to win i want to win today we have a two-year plan but you know what we need a win we can't even get tim holloway to pick up the phone although just tim say might he's not, not even there, be in charge of the titans anymore well i don't know he's a He's a director of Avison yeah. Young now, and in my mind, a director is a board member, oh. and does that doesn't preclude you from having another job? Like, mm. I don't know. Avison Young is big in Calgary, actually. Big supporters of the Stampede. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we, di- we digress. It's just a, a – I would love to see these two Canadian teams both be competitive at well, the of same course. time. And I, and I mean, to that point and to every point Adam has ever made, I feel like – you know, a rising tide raises all ships. Is that the saying? Um, I think, you know, Canadian esports as a whole would only benefit from successful Canadian teams. If the CDL had another team in Canada, I think it would be great. Uh, let's get a Calgary well, they, CDL team. I mean, come on. Or Edmonton. I'll take it. If if the Seattle <laughs> Surge had their way, they do. True, true. But that doesn't count. They have a cool logo, though. But Hey, I okay. I mean, I, whoever owns these teams now, if it's like the family EGLX or whatever, they would love for the Titans and the surge to be the powerhouses of Western Canada slash Western Western United States slash Hawaii. That's a good Mm. point. Let's get a team in Hawaii. That'd be cool. Well, to do that, the rights were purchased when the Titans and the surge showed up on the site. I forgot Mm. about that. Anywho, um, let's take ourselves a quick break and uh, talk a little bit about the, the summer showdown. I stand with you. 
because we collectively in the podcast couldn't make the trip out east um unfortunately life threw wrenches um at a, a couple of us and uh, obviously the uh, the cost of just making the trip alone is very difficult when uh, as a podcast you're sponsored by uh, your own wallet but uh you know we tried to cover from afar and if you happen to listen to our bonus episodes you know that uh, jordan and i we sat in uh, the press conferences we asked some really tough questions um, probably the toughest question of the weekend came from jordan himself um but it's still not the same as being boots on the ground. And uh, Samson, I mean, you, the moment like that it was announced, I'm pretty sure you were already talking to your boss about remember you guessed the pre-sale code. Well, that too, like how hardcore is it? Actually, how long did it take you? Like how many guesses did you cycle through? I went, I think it was my third one. Um, I saw the link go up. Uh, I, th- I forget if it was the Defiant Court or the Titans Court. Somebody posted like, "Hey, look what I found!" And it was just yeah, the um, the Ticketmaster link. Yeah, no, they yeah. said big announcement tomorrow. I was just perusing Discord, and they had somebody posted the link. So I'm like, "Great, there's a pre-sale code." And then, in my experience buying pre-sale stuff, it's usually something like really guessable and related from concerts. It must, the funniest one was like the artist's name <laughs> and and that was the pre-sale code Sneaky. So I, yeah is uh definitely a real gatekeep for sure <laughs> so for the toronto one i guess toronto didn't work the fine didn't work so i started looking on the page for other words and the code i used was bell which was the the canadian telecom sponsor of this event and i got in <laughs> it wasn't uh he messy <laughs> definitely not <laughs> um but yeah, I got in. I got my tickets. Um, I forget what order I bought the plane ticket and the the event ticket and whatever on. But anyways, I asked my boss. I think we all kind of know who that is. <laughs> and he said, well, sure. we do. It's up to you whether you let the listeners know. Ah, it's OK. They can figure it out. Um, but it was awesome that I everything kind of worked out in the end. Um, and I was mm-hmm. able to make it down there and and had a great time, to be honest. Yeah. I saw, you know, the, it was the night before the actual event kicked off. You, uh, connected with a number of people out of the sort of Toronto Defiant community, specifically, uh, you know, the Alpha Flight crew. Um, I saw there was a picture of, uh, you and Richard and that. And, uh, he, he shared it. He's like, even Titans fans are in Defiant Country <laughs> or something. Like, yeah. How many, t- like, Titans fans were observed at the event? Uh, the, like, and I mean, I, there, I'm sure there were a few, but like the ones who were like loud and proud, like yourself. I would say, including myself and my partner who went, there was a big whopping six of us. Wow. <laughs> I was okay. See, that's better because the way you were setting it up, I'm like, I, there was two. Was <laughs> no, no, there, there, there was a, a small group of us there, a couple of us. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, it was me, myself and my partner. And then, like, a couple rows back from us, there was another Titans uh, person and I think their partner or another titans fan um mm. i never really got to connect with them but one the other pair i got to connect with was um uh yeah another titans fan that also flew out from vancouver i believe they got sponsored or won a contest or something so they also came okay. out uh and chewed the titans on and i think uh even though we were there repping the titans jersey we were all kind of there just for the event itself and kind of enjoying the crowd atmosphere 
um, being around other fans, just seeing games live and loud. Um, I think that was kind of the bigger draw rather than going like as Titans fans. Did you leave with any Toronto merch? Oh, I did. Uh, you can't see it on the podcast. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll grab it. I'll grab it for us hosts. We'll do uh, descriptive <laughs> descriptions. <laughs> okay. So I got the, uh, I think it's the Cyberware uh, oh, hoodie. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's got like a little 3D effect on yeah, it. Like some chromatic cr- aberration, is- I think that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, with the with the mm. uh, defiant logo on top. That's- is that with their, because they have a partnership, I think, with Hacks. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was with Hacks. Yeah, this is, yeah. And, and the yeah, material yeah, is actually quite nice. It's like a half jersey, half hoodie well, kind of material. There was a, a couple seasons ago, uh, like the Toronto Defiant during their fan appreciation weekend, were like throwing out prizes and all that. I won mm. a t-shirt Ooh. and, um, it was a, like a roots Canada. So, I mean, for those who know the brand, um, it's pretty decent quality, um, t-shirt. I was expecting like a fanatic special <laughs> or a silk screened Gildan like type quality. And no, and this was, it was a real good quality church shirt. I was blown uh, away. Whenever, whenever people on Reddit complain that, you know, the Overwatch League has fallen so far, always remember that fanatics was a thing and, <laughs> <laughs> not all True. bad yeah right right but uh you know with you you on site i mean like what was it like being sort of there with the sort of live event and i i'm gonna be straight up like first of all i mean you got to go and watch the titans play the shock um was it just you and um uh what's his name's family kalush <laughs> uh well actually we the day they played the shock was the first day so this there wasn't too many people there. We kind of got to sit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's kind of the seat right before the Bell fan zone. I got to sit right at the front. Beside me was a gentleman who was also wearing a Shock jersey. So we were <laughs> Titans and Shock side by side. <laughs> uh, but no, we had, I ended up becoming good uh, friends with them and we're still in contact. But in the crowd, cool. it was... Um, yeah, Kaluja's family were definitely loud. I don't know if you guys heard it on stream at home. They, oh, yeah. That's, that's all we heard. <laughs> My my girlfriend uh, kept calling them the Banshees from from when they were still at the studio and had those Houston fans that kept screeching in the crowd. <laughs> but um, yeah, we were we were in the uh, front, um, and I would say it was fifty fifty. Like when Shock got um, a lead or something, like Kaluja's family plus a few others would cheer. When Titans got a lead or a kill on something. Um, the, the Toronto crowd also came for that and had some cheers, but it was pretty 50 50 if we're talking like like crowd activation. Not sure what you call that. Were there any Canada chants? Canada. Oh. Canada. There weren't, oh. but that would have been. Too bad. However, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little here. Um, the next day when Titans played um, the Mayhem and it was their elimination mm. match, the uh, Toronto fans definitely all showed nice. up for that they were all on board with the titans oh yeah i think florida got a few boos as well so there was a lot yeah. of canadian uh pride and hospitality there yeah yeah the you know what you're describing is sort of how it played through uh via the stream like it, it that's why i said it. it sounded like it was just Kaluja's family cheering when it was the shock um but then the other question is like this is an event that's happening midweek. School is back in, um, in, in Canada. Um, that doesn't mean anything, but the crowd size, 
I would imagine one better when the defiant were on stage and two bigger on the weekend. Yes. hundred percent. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say the event was ever hundred percent full. I think at most it got about like just 90% full and, and I'll, I'll paint a picture for the listeners. Um, it was a hockey rink type of arena with the bowl on the sides. And then about half of the actual hockey rink was seating. Um, the first day was about 40% full. It, it was pretty uh, empty because of school and work. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Friday, uh, so the second day, uh, it was kind of close to um, about 50% full. By Saturday, like Saturday late afternoon, evening, uh, it got pretty full, like 70-80%, especially during the Toronto games. Uh, I think the Toronto game was actually earlier in the day, so it kind of filled up uh, early. And then by the last day, yeah, we got to that 90%. There was still a couple empty seats between some people. Um, but but the atmosphere was there, uh, if that makes sense. Even on the days where it was like 40% full, like people were cheering, attentive, um, kind of reacting to the game all in a pretty like, yeah, like exciting way. How long were you there so, for like uh, some of these days? Um. The first day I went right as they opened the doors uh, and we sat through all four games. Was there any fatigue um, is what I'm trying to get to like after? Yeah, great point. Uh, I do think, and, and this was one of my points here. I, I do think four days is really, really, really long for a mm-hmm. tournament type of series. Um, just giving some context, we were in Toronto for seven days and pretty much uh, two of those days, because the tournaments were half days, were spent at the um, at the event. Um, so I felt four days was pretty long. Like especially at the end of the third day, we were like, okay, we still have one more, but it's a shorter day. There's only two games. Mm-hmm. So personally, I would have liked it a lot more if it was just a two or three day event, maybe maybe two, mm-hmm. um, because it did eat into a lot of the. Um, vacation time traveling time i had but that's just me that's just my unique situation um i do think like we did get our money's worth because the games weren't all 3-0 stomps like a lot of them went to map five a lot of them were like close three ones so that that made it pretty exciting and engaging um yeah and it uh, for this i think we stayed for every day pretty much the whole time except for the second day we arrived a little later i think we skipped the first game because we just wanted to see the titans play and then we ended up staying for the last two. First game would have been london yeah. dallas on day two yeah yeah we definitely skipped that one <laughs> the um event itself was it set up like festival style like were there other activations things to keep people engaged in between or during matches they were interested in or was it really primary focus was what was going on on the stage with a few things around the scene and oh by the way go get your poutine and hot dog at the session <laughs> yeah we'll talk about food for sure um so so i said a little earlier that the uh, front half of the hockey rink was kind of the seating area plus the stage uh uh the back half was where the activate or about half of the activations were um there was the um msi booth like the computer brand there was a booth for epo sound um a sign making and tattoo station which was really fun like a lot of people did that um a nobis booth they're like a clothing mm-hmm. company simu liu was in one of the commercials um 
And, and then there was the merch station. So those were kind of in the back half. And then kind of on the second level above the bowl, there was like the food stations, um, the actual computers to play Overwatch 2, um, and uh, I think a femme gaming uh, type of activation. So there were lots of stuff to do between games. Um, and they were all different from each other. And they all had like great people running it. Um, maybe it's my unique situation cause I was there all four days, but that was pretty much all there was to do for all four days. Um, we pretty much saw the same merch, the same, uh, sound demo that the same games for all four days. So that didn't change. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for the food quick aside here, the food was kind of meh, <laughs> like it was like snacks, uh, I guess the pro is like it actually wasn't too expensive. Like we got a slice of pizza for $4.50, uh, which was a great snack during the the long day. But the pizza wasn't even made by them. It was they ordered it in from Pizza Pizza and then they like just kept it warm and sold it. Well, I mean, first of all, Pizza Pizza is a Canadian pizza chain. Yes. So, you know, props to uh that to actually being the case. Yeah. Um it was good pizza, but it was I was a great snack. Yeah. I was curious if it was like arena food because mm. it is, you know, or was at one point or an arena. It still functions in that sort of space, but more multi-purpose than, a, you know, hockey mm-hmm. rink would be. Um, but then as well, sort of with what you were describing, I was curious how they might set it up. If it was a destination event, like a, a festival would be where you go that one day, you see everything you can maybe go a second day to catch what you didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it was, you know, a conference where there are yes, recurring sort of things, but every day there's something new, a new draw or something along those lines. Cause it is a balance. I can't, you know, imagine being there all four days. Like let's say you're invested in one team mm-hmm. and you're not, you don't really care about much of anything else. You're now saying, okay, is this worth it? I only go to this two matches at least. Um, do I want to watch a little bit more? Like I, I we're going to talk a little bit about uh, how the Overwatch League is approaching the playoffs um, in our uh, next segment. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I was just you know curious because I know for me from watching afar, as much as the price of food was phenomenal here at home, the stream was not as engaging. Mm. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I liked the the production and that, but it was just sort of, it got to the point where I was like passively doing other things with it on catching, um, you know, a few things that might make, you know, good questions or, or commentary in the press sort of room mm-hmm. afterwards. But, uh, but yeah, it was just, and I, I, I don't know how to it, spice it up any more than that. It sounds like a, like for the streams and it was more or less the same broadcast as if they ran it like from their homes and studios. Oh, it was, it was exactly like the only difference was that you had, you know, casters in the stadium. Like I, I think the second season of the Overwatch League, they, I mean, they, they had learned things from season one and they've put it all into season two. I know mm-hmm. pandemic th- throws everything askew, but they've never been able to get that back. Mm. I think, um, yeah, I definitely hear what you're saying. Like, like, like it didn't feel like a live event from from the viewer's perspective. It felt like yeah, just like another sure day at the were, office. Yeah, yeah. If you were there, 
Definitely. that's great. And it's nice to hear the crowd noise, like the the pop of that. Mm-hmm. But then on the stream, we also had to deal with the um, casters on an echo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that that actually muddied right. some of what we were experiencing. Yeah, I think um, that's a great point. You bring that up. I'm I'm going back in time to 2019. This was actually the second Overwatch home that I've been to. I've been to the LA Valiant one in 2019. Um, when I went down to California, that was a two day event. Um, Mm -hmm. and from what I recall, we, there was a lot more like golden boy going around doing interviews, doing silly stuff. And that was broadcasted onto the, um, Mm -hmm. onto the broadcast. Um, yeah, there wasn't much of that here. we still did have those like fun crowd amping up events with the cheering. Um, the weirdest one, I, I don't know if. MSI will come get me or whatever, but they ha- the the MSI uh, representative came out and got everyone to cheer MSI MSI over <laughs> like for for about a minute, Hell it felt corporate. like ten minutes, yeah. And then they would throw out like little goodies like bags and and trinkets. I was say, the, the, like there, I was gonna say like did the Red Dragon come out like yeah, there was a I Red Dragon plush. We could have right? won that, yeah. <laughs> but that that was that was the funniest one to me because I saw it oh. four times that week. <laughs> there goes our MSI sponsorship on the show. Thanks, Sam. Yeah. Isn't uh, <laughs> Lenovo's gaming brand called Legion? I feel like that would have been more uh-huh. appropriate. Get everyone chanting "We are Legion" or something like that. <laughs> or, uh, well, I think I think MSI is. Defiance. Oh, are they? Oh, okay. That would that would be fitting. the league doesn't have any yeah, sponsors. That's, that's a good point, actually. Right. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's cool to hear sort of what the, the experience was like. And I, I, you know, hearing someone sort of say like, yeah, four days seemed to be a little long, having compared it to a two day experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what you described was sort of the, the engagement in the steam. Like we knew there were cosplayers. It was every so often, I guess, production said, hey, okay, cosplay line up as the fans came out or the teams came out in the middle. And, uh, you know, if the Toronto Defiant. Uh, came out we got to see them better and if it was any other team the camera panning across tracer you know shooting her guns mm-hmm. um it just i don't, I, I and I, I i don't want to call it budget because i know it's not mm-hmm. but comparative to what we're seeing from other events like the call of duty league is a good example their production is considerably different and i don't understand why the overwatch league isn't looking at what cdl's doing there and trying to, to make that happen within these homestand events. Like it's, it's, it's kind of weird. It's like these two groups are sort of traveling different paths for mm-hmm. some reason. And maybe, maybe it's money. Maybe, maybe CDL owners are shelling out a few extra bucks that the owl owners are like, yeah, um, wallet empty. Yeah. And, and it's not like there weren't um, like overwatch celebrities or the influencers, members of the community there. Like car was there Fariha was there. Um, well, I imagine they're also um, <clears throat> paid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> uh, yeah. And like uh, all the casters were there too. And it, or when they announced Pucket, I thought he was going to be at the event, but he was just at the studio over in the trailer. Um, mm. But yeah, like those are all, all people. And they did do uh, little activations ad segments, but they were for us in person. I, like I'm assuming none of that was broadcasted online. It was more stuff like, oh, no. if you cheer loud enough, you'll get this special seat or um, yeah. let's watch this fan that was randomly selected win a pair of headphones. And then that was hosted by yeah. CarQ. Yeah, no, that, cause that's, that's, 
local sponsorship activation. They didn't pay the big dollars to get that in front of us on, mm. the, on the mainstream. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, one more thing I'll add. Um, oh yeah. The, the one thing I'll add is that, um, we, we talked a lot about the, uh, like the boots and the kind of the cheering, uh, activities there. Uh, one thing that happened a lot was actually the unstructured stuff where after leg day and lemon kiwi was done casting they were hanging out with the crowd and watching the games as well so fans approached them and they were more than happy to have a short conversation take a picture Mm -hmm. um and there was that kind of respect with everybody and all the fans where they understand that like you get a short time you you get your picture or thank them or whatever and then uh, let them get on with their day and, and you get on with theirs or have one of those fans uh, pass on a message that a podcast is waiting for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so that was really fun. Sorry about that. I, I waited in line. I wanted a picture. <laughs> no, was- no, no. I mean, it just, so it, it, I think uh, Jordan was the one who had like noted it on Twitter or something. Mm-hmm. Cause we were, we- it was, it was, there was a lot of moving parts and Jordan and I were trying to hope to have uh, lemon kiwi join us. I think the following day. Mm. Um, but the problem was that the PR person from owl couldn't find her. <laughs> yeah. And then when it was like, Oh, Hey, this is going to happen or not. Cause we were, we were interviewing her while the Toronto defiant mm. were playing. Wow. And so it made it difficult for us to, you know, multitask in that sense. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. They, they opened up that kind. I had no idea they were doing this. They opened up that kind of, um, opportunity for like, and it wasn't just you guys for like a couple different outlets to, to phone in and, and do like a quick interview and stuff. That's really interesting. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't speak to previous events, but they, I mean, the defiant, so the defiant reached out to us. I'm sure they might've spoken to others, but the defiant reached out to us and said, Hey, how can we help you virtually be present? Mm. I had said, Oh, it'd be cool if you could have like a press conference where we could capture audio. Um, they ran it up the flagpole to the league. The league's like, Oh, it's mm. great. Um, they allowed us to ask questions. We could, you know, ask some hard hitting stuff again, <laughs> Jordan asking, uh, twilight and Hotba whether or not they'll do push ups <laughs> in response to Hattie. Yeah. was by far the best question of the weekend. It's true. That was really impressive. He just kind of started and kept going. <laughs> I wanted to see if anyone else. I thought Kaluge would, but but oh, no. <laughs> that, that that guy can yeah. do some push-ups, that's for sure. Yeah. But um but no, I mean I, again, it's great hearing sort of about your experience. Um for those of you who would like, "Oh, I missed out. Maybe I could go." There is another one coming up we'll talk about in uh, the fray in a short moment. But uh, before we get there, uh, we'll take another short break. Matches to watch this weekend. Now, as I have done pretty much every stage to this point, I've gone and said, hey, the West kicks off, and by mm-hmm. the way, the East does too. Then I'd be corrected. But guess what, guys? This stage, the West mm-hmm. and the East both get underway at the same Almost. time. <laughs> well, okay. I mean. Yes, they all play yes. this weekend. Technically, West starts on Thursday. Yeah. 
Yeah. But uh, getting things underway for the stage in the West is the Boston Uprising taking on the Houston Outlaws, followed by the Washington Justice and Dallas Seal. And as we already know, the Toronto Defiant and Atlanta Reign, this being on the Thursday. Heading out East on the wee hours of Friday morning, Chengdu Hunters take on the Hangzhou Spark and the Los Angeles Valiant take on the Seoul Dynasty. Come into the Friday, the Spitfire take on the Eternal, the Gladiators take on the Mayhem, and the Excelsior, as we already know, take on the Defiant. And back East, the Dynasty take on the Dragons, the Charge, the Hunters, and the Valiant, the Fusion. Saturday afternoon, the Defiant, or sorry, the Spitfire are taking on the Titans. The Justice then take on the Shock, and the Uprising take on the Mayhem. And wrapping things out east are the Dragon's Charge, followed by the Fusion Spark. And winding things up in the west are the Rain, Excelsior, Fuel, Eternal, Shock, Outlaws, and Titans Glads. Now, a couple of things about this stage. In the past, when you did your pickums, you just got, you know, points. That's still a possible, but now there are also token Woo! matches and with token matches you earn token. owl tokens on top of the 1500 in- i have from this season already <laughs> but 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 get this guys you know how like the the crystal ball picks have got you some crazy number of points so long as the gladiators don't uh, you know crap the bed now with this stage you pick the two teams of each region for bonus points for the winner submitting your picks will earn you three owl tokens Sweet. Three. So, three. What are you going to do with those three owl tokens? <laughs> Just, uh, I mean, it could up. be the difference between like that you're sitting at 98 and you really want that skin. I mean, that's what three does. I mean, what that, that's an hour of, you know, view time. I mean, I'll, I'm not knocking it. It's just the, if you think three is small, you're right. <laughs> but an hour of view time is, not small. Um, and it's better. If I got three owl tokens last stage, I would the, have been the funny happy. thing is I've been watching very closely this season and last season, just like this season, I will put the games on, on an iPad, leave it plugged in all day so that it just collects me tokens last season, <gasps> groundbreaking stuff last season. <laughs> I did not feel like it worked all the time. And I know I was always using my YouTube account. It was always linked, blah, 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 blah. This season, like I say, I went on the other day and I had, I think, 1,600. So I bought something and I'm still sitting at 1,400 right now. Like this season, either they fixed something or they're giving them out way, way more than they used to. Uh, They just have secret technology that detects whether you're actually watching and engaging. (laughs) I'm sure it's that eyeball tracking, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it'll all go back to normal when they go back to Twitch next no, year. No, no. And we have to do it all oh over again. <laughs> okay. I mean, completely off the rails. You think they're going back to Twitch next year? Because I look at it this way. Whomever shows up with the most cash gets them. Mm. Doesn't necessarily mean it'll be Twitch. Like, does Amazon really want them back that bad? Does Google want to give up on them? Mm. Is Facebook gaming and- still a <laughs> It is, but not to the extent that they would, I think, shell was, out the cash because they've they've uh, sunset. What was the, the Microsoft app. one that got absorbed into Facebook? Mixer, 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 yeah. Mixer. Mixer. Yeah. Microsoft yeah. will come out of the woodwork and yeah. In- whoa, whoa. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> yeah. good point. Good point. <laughs> that'll that'll be that'll be the this will be the flagship product for that's Mixer. right. No, this no, like it, it, in realness, Remixer. That's what it'll be Remixer. called. Remixer. Ooh. Yeah, in in actual comment, I think like compared to what every other esports doing, like if if you want to be accessible, which I think is the big challenge that video game 
uh, video games have is accessibility. You got to be on like everything: YouTube, TikTok, uh, Twitch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got to be on everything so that people can actually find you. That's the first step. But if, but that's the thing is, uh, uh, you know, a partner is not going to give you cash to allow you something other than exclusivity. I, you know, I I, I understand like when I talk about sort of streaming providers, I understand that the, that Twitch is where most of the eyes happen to be. But if there's one experience that YouTube does so much better than Twitch is your VOD, um, you know, availability, mm-hmm. um, I, it, YouTube, I feel provides a better experience there. The struggle though, is that YouTube is not necessarily structured for live gameplay. I mean, their model is based on, the archivability and the searchability of the content that exists. And so long as that remains the case, I mean, if you want eyes, Twitch is where it's at. But then I think it was like after this deal had been announced, Adam had joined us on the show and we'd asked him and he's like, no, like, look, we've seen these metrics. Like people are like, Oh, look at the live event. Only this many people. No one was looking at the Twitch VOD numbers, which were like, non-existent it was all on the youtube numbers now the counter to this is weren't the vods previously on youtube back that's in the what day i was too? gonna say is i could swear i remember watching live games on oh, bumped my mic sorry about that watching live games that's on okay twitch. our listeners are yeah, gonna get punished <laughs> um i could swear i remember watching live games on twitch and then jumping over to the replays on on youtube you know when i'd be at work or whatever i i am almost huh. certain i did that before they made the jump so yeah, no, no, they definitely re-uploaded the games to YouTube after. Um, I, th- I think what I was saying is like you could be on multiple ones at the same time. You just lose the partnership uh, deal. You have what's the touch. money? Yeah, and I, I, I wants the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, Blizzard, they want the money. I mean, does it matter what Blizzard wants? There was a conversation. Forward? It's all about well, the Microsoft dollar. So, no, but this is the problem with Owl. Is Owl is well sort of managed by Blizzard, but you've got a bunch of owners who have a variety of expectations and potential promises made to them. Like there was a conversation on RSP Discord, and we'll get probably into it in greater detail when we start talking a little bit about Battle Pass and Overwatch 2 news and all that that came out. But what it really comes down to is expectations were set to people who invested in the league, and it's about cash. Now, where is that cash coming from? It Esports is marketing. It's, it's there's There's been no... No esport out there that has made more money outside of marketing that I am aware of. Not that I'm an expert, but I have tried to do some digging into that marketing money, sponsorship dollars for a league like the Overwatch League not to have any league sponsors is a problem because now that that's no like money flowing into owners. It's it's based on what they individually can do, and I mean it, it also impacts within the community because there is a perception. Oh, no sponsors, no good. Anywho, matches to watch. Outside of the fact that uh, the uh, double points matches and the token matches have somewhat of a draw, you don't actually have to watch those to earn those. Mm. I mean, you earn tokens by watching, but what have you. Um, When I look at the West, I'm going to tell you that I'm kind of watching the uprising only because I'm curious if they've turned a corner. Um, are they going to revert to a lineup without punk? Um, and if the Boston uprising get two dubs here, I hate to say <laughs> it, but the Titans are done. That's a good point. Yeah. Boston, 
Not that the, they're easy dubs, Outlaws and Mayhem. They should both win those. But if the Uprising gets two, get two dubs here, Boston has it. a couple of good matches this weekend, honestly. Houston, tough. tough, tough. Uh, but at the same time, again, you know, our most recent viewing of Houston showed they seemed a little little washed at that point, but completely different meta, so blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. But, you know, Boston against Mayhem, maybe they stand a better chance there. Um, I'm looking at my pickums, which I locked in yesterday, and I actually predicted Boston over over Mayhem, so over Florida. Mm. Yeah, I decided it's going to go 3-2, but I'm putting some faith in the punk. Yeah. And then when Did I his at the da- e- dad reach out to you? Yeah, he actually sponsors <laughs> One Man Watchpoint. Yeah, he's, he's my one and only viewer. <laughs> yes, uh, the, brought to you from the Sean Gilchrist right. Studios. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say, when I look at the East, I'll be honest, I don't know if there's any matches I really want to watch out East. Uh, Seoul, Shanghai, meh, sure. But I mean, I, the problem with the East is how it's Seoul, Shanghai, and a bunch of other teams. <laughs> relatively true. Um, yep. There's been some movement over there recently, which could shake things up but uh i'm with you Seoul shanghai is the one match to watch over there especially because that that might reveal who's going to wind up on top in the east mm-hmm. but uh i mean i say that today and who knows maybe it goes crazy i mean maybe Hangzhou's back in it we'll see well i think like out east i don't think mathematically the dragons and dynasty are locked in but like the entire world would have to end because they play uh, each other. Actually, Seoul, Shanghai, Shock, Glads, and Fuel are all officially qualified already. Sorry, I saw it on Twitter. Okay, but like for like the for for play and not like playoff, or are they locked down? If the you playoff? give me one second, I will confirm with my sources. I mean, if I was an actual pro, I would have had this. Prepared, I am with you, but, but that's okay. Would would to your host here? What? They have a little asterisks in their standings. Maybe that means they're locked in. Well, it's the type of locked in. It's the because there's two different types. There is the locked into uh, playoffs, and then there's locked into play ins. Right. Okay, so clinched postseason playoffs is the asterisk. So teams that have so. already qualified for the season playoffs, even if they go zero and six from here, shock fuel glads dragons dynasty. On the flip side, mm-hmm. nobody has been officially eliminated from at least making the plans, though Paris will be if they lose one more game. And that is from at OwlStatsNet on Twitter. Yeah. Well, I think if Boston wins a game, Paris, like, pa- Paris has... I'm sure there are other qualifiers that could mean Paris no. is out, but yes, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, like Paris can only catch up to Boston, right? that's their only hope. Uh, it's a five point difference. The most you can get out of a stage is six. Mm. Um, like New York, like the Vancouver Titans have a one point lead on New York. And that point is huge. If you want to have a chance at getting into the, the play-ins, uh, the problem is, is that like realistically the Vancouver Titans, I mean, it's the, it's the tough stages. Yeah. You can't, it, you can't have two over stages and, and get success in this league. Mm-hmm. So, or without getting crazy bonus points. I mean, the Titans had the Titans actually won that, you know, summer showdown event. They'd still be on the outside looking in. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of uh, hopium for sure. Like (laughs) it's, it's a very narrow window, but 
But I know Samson three Overwatch Titans. Yeah, it was three zero, and then I just move on. <laughs> Don't <laughs> think about it too hard. <laughs> but um, as far as uh, pickums are concerned, make sure you get them locked in. You need to get the uh, crystal ball picks in before the start of the stage. Um, it is pick two teams from each region to advance to the playoffs. There are very few teams that don't advance unless they're actually counting, not the play-ins, then it's actually kind of a toss up. But uh, if that was the case, well, we just gave you five teams. You should be picking four out of Mm -hmm. easy, easy points. Maybe some uh, tokens too. (laughs) Um, There is still some, Movement in the league, because why not? Uh, the Los Angeles uh, Valiant have, uh, quote-unquote, cut uh, No Hill. Although, I mean, the announcement was more we've mutually decided to go in different directions. And then uh, the Guangzhou Charge have uh, signed both uh, Piggy and Tidola, which is uh, interesting. So late in the season, but hey, you got to do what you got to do to get yourself into the postseason. Sure. Other Overwatch League news that uh, dropped is uh, postseason information. And so they are returning to a final live event down there in Anaheim at the convention center. If you've Ooh, been to BlizzCon nostalgic. before, you've, mm-hmm. you've been to the convention center before. Unfortunately, you won't be going there to BlizzCon this year because BlizzCon <laughs> is currently being reimagined. BlizzCon, am I right? <laughs> oh. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the... The actual playoffs and grand finals, they'll be taking place in the Anaheim Convention Center. But what's weird-ish, and I say ish because I'm not against the premise, the entire event is from October 30th to November 4th. The matches that will be played on October 30th, 31st, 1st, and 2nd will be in a studio environment. So I'm going to presume that we'll have cameras, players, kind of like what we would have seen with like uh, uh, Project Aloha in Hawaii. Uh, the difference, however, is that they have said all teams are coming to Anaheim and will be physically present. I will believe that when I actually see that happen. So no fans, no no people, just players. But then the matches that will take place on November 3rd and 4th, the 4th being the day of the grand final, they will be in front of people in a the sort of um, the circle stage or what have you. So if you've gone to you know BlizzCon in the past, um, I can't remember what stage they call this, but this is where you know Overwatch had a big presence. The Overwatch World Cup took place. Um, I'm presuming the Overwatch League believes they're going to be packing the building because that is a lot of seats to fill if they don't. Yeah, I kind of want to go. <laughs> I know I just went to one. <laughs> I'd love to go. But um, yeah, like like I do have um, access to LA pretty easily, and I I want to see if I can swing it. But definitely a uh, a goal for me to go see like um, yeah, there are grand finals for once. Um, yeah. I really wonder if um, this might be the last one. Not to sound too doomer, I'm actually a pretty optimistic guy. Um, I don't think this will be the last one, but like this, uh, I think the trailer was like, this is the first Overwatch 2 champion. Come see it. And I'm like, I do want to see That's that. That's true. Uh, and yeah, Jordan, let's go. I'm in. I'm in. I would love <laughs> yeah, to go. Let's head down. Yeah. Well, if, if you two do want to go, Race uh, will send us on their goes live on yep. September 22nd. Sorry. Um, 
And if actually, it'll probably be the 21st. Samsung will have guessed the code. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then general tickets go on sale on September 30th. And uh, make sure to visit the tournament page on the Overwatch League website for more information that becomes available. Um, we talked a little bit about this earlier. Uh, the uh, new hero, the Overwatch 2 hero, is going to be in uh, um, uh, the final or the playoffs because that always makes for a very, um, you know, balanced. You know, com- balanced competitive scene overtuned hero that has no counter um but hey whatever i i am i don't know if i'll ever buy at into least this. it's no uh roadhog meta i would rather see a new hero than oh, no you don't want to see oink yoink and oink uh go into the playoffs with a little Little Sigma thrown in a bastion up on a You know what chandelier. I don't want to see? I don't want to see the Washington Justice make it into this because they have one player that carries <laughs> them in. I still am salty about that. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, just because you said that. I know. Yeah, I know. I, I see this. I, I see this memory it hasn't decayed. It has not. Ooh. It has not. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, Kariko, who is a hero like we have not seen. Um, and now there's no guarantee she's met up, but l- with the utility and sustain that she provides herself and the sheer level of coolness. Well, mm-hmm. c- like, you know, how, the fact that you have an invul on cooldown, mm-hmm. like, I can't see why you would not have that support <laughs> here in the game. Cooldown. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they're just going to pop it for the sake of popping it? Like, I mean, big cooldown. If it's faster than an alt, well, hey. I mean, to me, it still looks better than Baptiste's uh, thingy. So. Mortality. She she does kind of just seem like a Baptiste 2.0 or Baptiste, even yeah. just a variant. Plus Ana, plus Lucio. A little yeah. bit of Gen- Genji Hanzo in yep, there as yep. well. Yeah, good point. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, this sort of segues into what we learned with uh with overwatch 2 and and all that jazz so um we've been kicking around like what is this what's going to happen there were leaks about heroes being behind sort of a quote-unquote paywall um if you happen to have owned overwatch you get the new heroes at launch if you buy the watch point pack you get uh kaneko as long as you log in during seasons one and two yes that's okay sorry uh, yeah. asterisk if you are like new to overwatch 2 and hey you don't battle pass it up you need to earn her and unlock her and if you don't happen to earn her and unlock her and that's on the free pass there will be a mechanism for you to be able to unlock her with missions in the subsequent stage but where the further question is is if you don't do it then how will you get her um, and there is some thought that the heroes may rotate into a, well, you got to buy them now. So I'm, I'm not too upset because you have been given ample opportunity for those of us who put in time into the game to get her. Like I'm, I don't need the battle pass. I would have probably played enough of the game if they have mystery heroes <laughs> to have unlocked her myself. Um, but that, you know, that's something to, to be cognizant of. Um, we already knew about cross play and, and what have you. And we've talked a little bit about what the content roadmap will, will be. I mean, there hasn't been any real shift there. Uh, most of the battle pass, um, cosmetics are, are, uh, charms, skins. Um, there is a mythic skin that can be earned 
uh, through the battle. I think it's through the battle pass. I believe it's I, from completing I'm the mistaken, full not battle the free. pass. Yes, the premium yeah. battle pass. Yeah. You can like customize um, it in different parts and make it your it own. Looks sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The world of RNG is gone. Uh, no longer will you be unlocking loot boxes to see all the duplicates show up. That said, the currency, uh, Overwatch coins, um, which is the new virtual currency, which I don't exactly understand is any different than the current currency. Is it just not called Overwatch coins? Yeah. I, are they called? I looked tokens? this up last night because I was like, what the heck are they called now? Uh, could I remember uh, right now? Nope, I can't. I think they were tokens. That might be mm. right. That sounds right. So, uh, in another Discord, we had this exact same <laughs> misunderstanding. So, uh, in Overwatch 2, as now I understand it, maybe next week they'll s- release another blog post and it all changes again. There will be two types of currencies called credits and coins. Um, credits. Credits or cash. Yeah. <laughs> credits are what uh, you get with the like leftover uh, skin, loot box stuff that you unlock. You already unlocked it. You get credits. And those you use to unlock stuff into Hero Gallery uh, in Overwatch 2 or Overwatch 1. Like the skins that are currently available plus the seasonal stuff. Coins are what is bought with real money. And I think you can still earn it through like the battle pass and the missions or whatever. But coins are going to be the... I guess the premium uh, new thing. So, the, so the someone like pay me to sitting skin. on pay to skin. Yeah. <laughs> so if I, I'm sitting on 200,000 credits, spend them. Like what am I spending that on? Um, well, you better spend it fast. <laughs> Go on a shopping spree. Well, no, no, they, no, they care. They carry over. They have said as much like they're carrying over and being converted to whatever the new currency happens to be. I don't know what the conversion rate happens. Like will will turn out to be, mm-hmm. but like functionally as someone who has played the game as long as I have, I have arguably everything that I want. Mm. Well, spend it on some stuff you don't want. Some of <laughs> yeah. us aren't bathing in our Overwatch <laughs> credits these days, okay? Yeah, it's, people are flexing here. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it's just like whatever is left over in Overwatch One that might be it. And if you want the new fancy junk ride in a suit, you gotta pay up the real bucks. Um, a few other things about the premium battle pass. Um, obviously there's more that you can unlock and earn. You also get a 20% XP battle pass boost. So you just burn through the battle pass quicker, arguably with the, the premium and you will have earned enough overwatch coins, a thousand of them worth approximately $10 us to then in turn to buy the next premium uh, battle pass of the subsequent season. Uh, the seasonal models will be uh, structured in a way that you'll get a hero or a map each season, and it will alternate, though in the first couple of seasons, we're getting a little bit of everything. Um, so, I mean, that's very similar to our experience previously. We just didn't have the seasonal model, but when Big Patch came, it was either hero or map. Um, trying to think, was there anything else that... Uh, Oh, there's a, I mean, we, there's a new map, uh, that we'll also see in the playoffs, Portugal. Um, it's a push map. Uh, oh, seasonal event. Junkenstein's revenge is going to be new. And you can say, well, it's not new. Well, no, we're actually going to see a new version of it called wrath of the bride. Uh, so that also leads me to believe we'll probably see a new version of the Christmas event. Um, may throwing snowballs on Watchpoint Gibraltar where, is you she know, finally going to put, uh, rocks in them. 
<laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, but uh, what also came out um, with this is, is we got to learn more about uh, Kariko as a hero. And we, we sort of touched on everything that she can do, um, which is like everything. Like a heel, a heel that tracks. It's kind of like, you know, the, the red ball of suck, except it's like the yellow cards of heel. And they, they track the people that you're throwing them towards. That's pretty cool. Um, her ultimate is a fox spirit that rushes forward, which we've seen. But it actually accelerates the movement, attack speed, and cooldowns of all allies to follow the path. Um, so it's kind of like an Anna boost within the path of the Fox mm-hmm. just without the, um, the amplified damage though, the acceleration of cooldowns and movement can, can definitely boost that, uh, wall climb. There's your Shimada connection. Um, even though I don't think she is a Shimada or related to them. I think it's just the Japanese thing in the Overwatch yeah. universe. Um, yeah. I like has, how, uh, Avril put it in the podcast. He said like climbing walls is apparently a, Japanese culture thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Swift steps. So she can actually teleport through walls, um, which is kind of cool. You know how many times if I ever get her in Mr. Heroes, I'll go through a wall and be like insta-gibbed because Mm. no one told me there was like, uh, you know, death on the other side. There's a cool (laughs) twist to it. You can only teleport towards uh, an ally. So it's kind of like Guardian Angel in a way. Yeah, but that still can bring you into a wall. Oh, for sure. And it will. (laughs) Um, the protection Zuzu, which we already heard, it's the brief, un, uh, invulnerability. Um, and oh, negative effects are, are wiped Cleanse, clear. Yeah. It says most. So I don't know which don't, did they actually There's get into that? There's a moment in the article where they touch on a few examples that are cleansed. And this is actually a distinction that I emphasize because they got it wrong on plat chat, or there was a lot of confusion around it in the article. They say it will cleanse shatter, which is pretty crazy. Um, because I wouldn't have thought of Shatter so, as something to be cleansed, but... Well, it's a stun. Yeah. And we know they're trying to reduce crowd control, right? So it is a sort of a direct counter to that. Yeah. The, um, I mean, it, it, it's kind of surreal because what would that do? It essentially makes you invulnerable after the Shatter. And by the way, everyone stands up when they mm-hmm. come out of it. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, not that... What's going to happen in my tier? Shatter, charge. So you're still going to pin. First them, of all, <laughs> Kariko is it part of the shatter. She's done. So I mean, she in my tier, this is only going to be an issue. She's going to pop. She's going to pop it when she like runs out of spawn because you know there's a widow on the other side or something like that. My tier. So it's, it's your guys's tier. You'll see it actually. It's, it's really interesting. I think her kit overall because it seems like there's a ton of utility to it, and it seems like very overpowered. But at the same time, when you think about something like her ult, although it buffs the whole team and it gives you this sort of, I don't know, path to be powerful, you're also kind of sitting ducks. If you pop that in the middle, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, going under the underpass on Gibraltar and you're following the payload and you pop that, your entire team, at least in the tier that I know I play, everyone's just going to rush on top of it. Because that's the natural inclination is jump to where the buff is. And yeah, you'll move faster and you'll shoot faster. But if someone is behind you or to the side or anything like that, the whole team has just grouped up right in front of the payload and is no longer in cover. Well, I I sort of interpreted that alt as being 
a, a synergy ultimate, not like, you know, cause we've talked about how, you know, we miss the, you know, Zarya Ryan combos and, mm. and what have you. This one feels very much not like when you pop to have everyone rush forward, you pop it with a, a synergy hero, like a junker right. queen, for instance, right? Like, could you, could you imagine this group now, not only getting sustain out of junker queen, sustain out of pop uh, that Rico, and pop a rampage on um, top of it kind of thing to rush into them. Yeah. Like that's sort of right. what I'm thinking. My tier again, that won't happen. Yeah, and, no and that's kind of what I'm saying like too is, yeah, I'm, I literally did yeah. my qualifiers today and got silver and was like, great. I got the emblem at the end of the season for the final season. That's all I wanted. So, yeah. Um, the part that really sort of, you know, gives news is, so, you know, how when BAP joined, it's like, why play soldier at this point? Just play BAP. Um, he could like, you know, triple click mm-hmm. your, you dead, um, heal everyone and what have you. Her, her projectile, the Kunai, uh, deals increased critical damage. So in the hands of like pro players who can like no scope and Anna 360 sleep to like Genji's mm-hmm. dome, this is going to be like tunk, tunk, yeah. tunk, tunk. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, it's really hard to hit, but like I was going to say, we're listening to a couple devs. Is there, is there anyone that I, we could see pulling that off? I mean, I. I mean, well, I don't know. This would be a hero. I mean, okay, I was going to say aspire, but no, this is a support. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hero. But I mean, we've we've started we've started to see yeah, sort of this yeah. interchangeability between some of the heroes. And one of the questions that came up, like, well, wait, what's what's her counter? And this, you know, this is the argument, like, oh, you 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 lock a hero. This is completely counter. Sorry, uh, no pun intended to the gameplay. And uh, I think it was Aaron. It was Aaron that had talked about this. Um, I'm not sure if it was Aaron, but it was in the article in that post that they made. But it, they're wanting to get away from counters. They want just individual, like there to be two, maybe or three or multiple heroes that have you know similar uh, kit or or different combinations. They want you to pick a player or character and play that character, which is very, you know, before you freak out, that's very much casual. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the, the League of Legends right. model, right? It's, it's the, hey, you're, you know, picking a class, but all of them do similar things. And we kind of already saw them shifting to this model when it comes to the tanks, right? We saw a lot of um, focus on those sort of abilities that, uh, that pull or group up um, on standing in front of the team and absorbing the damage and things like that, um, especially with sort of the reworks of Doomfist and Orisa. Obviously, Orisa still has some, you know, things to work out with her. Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. we've kind of seen that transition happening for a little while now. Um, and I mean, with as big a hero pool as they have on the DPS side, in my mind, it's relatively easy for them to now introduce a new hero and probably pick out which hero it kind of mirrors, right? Um, my hope is we don't get too close to, you know, I don't know, uh, Super Smash Brothers comes to mind with, with shadow characters. I hope we don't get that close where they're basically a reskin with, you know, a couple different moves that uh, one goes forward and down rather than forward or farther kind of thing. I hope we don't get that close. Um, but I, I don't mind that change, honestly. I, I think you're right. It, it should open things up to a more uh, broad audience. And at the same time, I mean, if they stick to the schedule they are planning with every other season being new hero... Um, you know, in six years when they move to Overwatch 3, we're going to have a handful more. So the future is only up from here. See, my worry with that is doesn't 
like making heroes kind of similar, therefore making them more enticing uh, to a broader group. Um, doesn't that bring us back to when Overwatch had like no hero limit where you can stack two Winstons? <laughs> And now instead of stacking two Winstons, we stack a Batiste and a Kiriko. And now we're getting two of the almost same character. I'm going to say no one ever stacked two Winstons. <laughs> it was, it, it was it, all six or, or, or one. Like yeah. there was, there was, there was no two Winstons. I'm, I'm thinking way back to the early Apex days when I saw two Tracers, two Lucios, two Winstons. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> the, the, the ultimate dive. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't know. Like I, I I'm maybe hardcore and so this doesn't bother me. But then also I'm a casual who happens to be hardcore. <laughs> so like I there was so much that could have been done wrong. Like I mean Diablo Immortal soured me with this new model of we're going to go and microtransact and make predatory um, you know, gameplay decisions. I, I, there isn't any of that here. And I mean, if you want to hate on, you know, Blizzard and you want to hate on the game and that's perfectly fine. Um, there wasn't anything that they were probably able to do to, to convince you otherwise, I don't think. And if you were to say, yes, there was, well, I genuinely want to know what that would be. Um, but it's not bad. Mm hmm. And I, you know, every time I see someone like go into hyperbole mode, oh, you've ruined the game by locking a hero. You can still get it, bro. I mean, if the play. Yeah. I mean, who, who honestly is going to be prevented from doing that? Probably not the people who will be making those decisions and looking for the necessity of picking, you know, I mean, can you go? Hey, actually, do, do all the owl players get it just automatically? <laughs> Like, is that for certain? I don't know. Do do any What's of it? you guys have any big gripes with what we see in the Battle Pass so far? What's been announced? Because I will admit, I looked at this, I read through it pretty comprehensively, and I personally have almost no gripes with this. If you were to pressure me to pick something, I don't know that I could right now. I would have to really squint my eyes and and peer at it closely because I look at this from a standpoint of I've played Warzone, I've played Fortnite, I've played Apex, I've played all of them casually, very casually, where I'll jump in, play a couple matches, jump out, not touch it for months. And then I'll get the itch again and I'll jump back in and I'll play a little more. I don't even look at the battle passes they have because I just don't care. I want some solid shooters, I want to click some heads, and I want to have fun. I jump in and that's what I do. Mm -hmm. I am not their target audience with the battle pass. I will probably never buy one of those battle passes. Warzone is the closest I've come. Um, I look at this one and I mean, as you guys know, I bought the watchpoint pack because I looked at the value proposition and said, if this were overwatch one, I would have paid $60 for it, which I did. I'll fork over whatever it was, 45, 50 bucks for the watchpoint pack, which essentially gets me overwatch two, even though it could be free, but I also get the seasons and the things on top and the battle passes and the coins or mm -hmm. credits or whatever the heck they are. Um, so I very much look at this and say, this caters to me, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like uh, similar thoughts, definitely from me. I'm a big fan of the battle pass model. I think it's a very healthy balance of incentivizing you to play mm -hmm. in a, 
in a um, healthy way. And also, um, yeah, like having the companies make money so they can support their product. Um, I think that I've experienced two uh, battle pass experiences, I guess. (laughs) Uh, One is Apex. Apex, I forget what season, but I I remember playing like for two weeks straight just to finish that battle pass. Not because I had to... um, I really want to finish it, but I just had a lot of time. But looking back, I spent two weeks of playing like a couple hours a day. um, And then I finished the battle pass and I thought like, okay, well, realistically this would be spread over three months, but, but that's a long commitment. And Mm -hmm. I kind of walked away from that thinking like, I'll probably never finish this kind of battle pass again, uh, just because of the time commitment. I, I was in a, it was a, time in the world where i had time to to do that that's why i was able to do it but that was a lot of time the other one was fortnite and and i still play fortnite casually uh and i have been like on and off every couple weeks and i even though i don't like you said like you don't pay attention to the battle pass i make it to like level 80 so and if i really pushed i could finish it um i haven't because also like you i just enjoy it's for the love of the Mm. game like it's just a fun game yeah so I think if Overwatch can hit that Fortnite um, progression where uh, you're always earning a little something, everything you do puts points towards your battle pass, I think that will make um, the battle pass an easier sell to maybe more casual players or or people looking for a reason to play Overwatch. Um, I think Fortnite has really hit the nail on the head on like, like, I always call it a Skinner box, um, but but the little trinkets that you get at the end of each game, uh, and if they can kind of match that level of progression for for their battle pass, I think it would work really well for Overwatch too. I, uh, I was going to say, how about how about you guys, Chris, Alex? Well, I'm curious because Omni's been sort of like doing stone face. Yeah. <laughs> I was working on my uh, words of wisdom, just so you know, but. <laughs> I don't know. Like in the past, I'd be down for this. Now with the baby and all, it'll oh. be a little bit tough to, to get everything. And and still, Overwatch is by far the game that I play the most. Um, I'll be fluctuating depending on what what goods I get. Uh, obviously, I'm all in for the first one, and uh, I'll see how it goes. I'm I'm all about supporting this game. I really like Overwatch. Uh, probably one of the only ones who still <laughs> enjoys this game, uh, regardless of you know metas and, and whatnot. Uh, I'm, I'm just happy to support it, whichever way I can. So, yeah. I have a question for you then. If like, um, if given your life circumstances, you're not able to finish this first battle pass, maybe not able to finish the second one, would you consider buying a third one? Um, and and playing as much as you play Overwatch. It depends like, on how much it costs, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm very curious to see the time commitment because I, I mean, right. Chris and myself, you know, uh, uh, Alex obviously has uh, uh, the youngest infant of all of us. But like, I have a four year old. Chris has a five year. Is she five? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all know how much time those take, and you know, we all have families. Not much. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I, I am curious to see if I will even complete the battle pass. I think a big part of it for me is going to come down to what's that final reward. A Genji skin, I think that looks mm-hmm. really sick. I never play Genji. I can't. I'm just not good with him. So do I care that much? Like, yeah, I want to try, but 
I don't know if I'll get it, uh, depending on the time commitment. Yeah. I, so it, I like how you brought up Fortnite earlier there, Samson, because I remember when Fortnite and the original Battle Pass model came out, it was very accessible. There were like you, you, you had a number of different ways to earn XP at a rate that allowed every type of player to progress, not just top tier and, mm. and what have you. Now, the more you invest in the game, the quicker things were to go, but I don't know if we're going to see that same level of progression within, um, you know, Overwatch Overwatch 2. Now, Call of Duty League, which has that, you have missions that you can use to to earn XP. I feel that the Battle Pass in Call of Duty has a much more restrictive mm. progression. Like, I feel it takes quite a bit more time when I compare it to something like Fortnite to get the same level of progress. I It, it could very well be just qualitative me observing and how I feel. And I think Fortnite's maybe done a really good job because they make it seem like you're always right. moving ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. It, yeah. Oh, hey, you got a skin for your weapon or you, you got like a it's a remixed, you know, axe. Yeah. But you get you, you you unlock something almost every few matches with Overwatch 2. Um, I don't know. I mean, I have no issue and I'll be very transparent. Um, after the news came out, I went and bought the Yay, watch. Point welcome to the club. Yay. Right. Yeah, sure. I missed out on the, the few days of beta access, but um, this this was, um, you know, do I make an investment for something that I don't know enough about? Because I, I actually bought the Battle Pass with Diablo Mortal. When I first started playing, I was like, I'm enjoying this. It, it feels casual. I can sit down on my tablet here. Uh, I'll put, you know, six bucks or whatever it was in because like the price point was like phenomenal. Oh, wait, so I bought a battle pass, but that just gets me stuff that's then time-gated. Um, also, I need to pay more money to get to the progression level that would allow me to continue moving forward in the battle pass. Like, like it was very predatory, and I had some concern that we would see something yeah. very similar with Overwatch 2. Like, it was com- completely counter to what we saw with And that's God. justified. I, I think that's that's the big right. takeaway, right? Gaming but, journalists yeah. are licking their fingers right now. <laughs> Got the headlines. Yeah, I mean, for for me, what will will why what will have me buy a battle pass? I earned enough tokens in the previous one to buy it. I'm probably going to wind up in that same boat. And and the battle or the watchpoint pack comes with whatever I think two or three thousand tokens. So we do already have a leg up, which is great for me because I don't know if I will. And you know, to Samson's point about fluctuating gameplay time and stuff like that, I mean. I play a lot of games and God of War Ragnarok is coming out in November. I don't know if I'm going to bother with the game with the battle pass because I'm going to spend a lot of time in that game. Right. Like, but I can come the next season if I want to. Well, so I, I, to that point though, every time a new title came out, I play it, but overwatch, like overwatch was my casual sit down, fire it up a round or two of mystery heroes. Like, I don't know what other title I have short of hearthstone on my iPad where I could say it was truly that casual. Um, <coughs> the closest was maybe Destiny mm. and Destiny 2, but even those two, I mean, well, Destiny fell out because it was Destiny, but Destiny 2, the game was yeah. no longer fun. Like I had reached a cap that required me to actually group with people, and I, the group that I had was originally with it fractured when PC took a good mm. portion of it. Um, Overwatch was the... You know, tried, trusted, and true until the group I played with no longer played the game because yeah. they got bored. 
I I think if they can hit the progression like your uh playstyle, Chris, with the I just I only have time for two games, two casual games. And if they can make you feel good about leveling up, earning and unlocking, I think that'll make the battle pass really, yeah. really successful. Yeah. Yeah, and I the thing is I don't need the battle pass to be complete within a week. Oh yeah. If it completes over the course of a season based on my gameplay, uh, they'll all continue to invest. But see, this is the catch here. How much more money am I investing in the game at yeah. that point? Right? Like I if if casuals are who you're trying to capture, yeah, that's the route you go. If casuals aren't necessarily, it's the whales you want. The whales are the ones you're going to have to go and pull money out of. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to make it hard for them to get it for free. You need to throw in the David Hasselhoff <laughs> Reinhardt. <skin. laughs> well, bring back loot boxes, but call them gotcha wishes. Oh, gotcha. no. <laughs> So people are like, oh, loot boxes, RNG, can't do that. I genuinely believe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we'll see surprise mechanics as a thing moving forward where the chance of duplicates exists. It's just too much red tape. Um, I was actually reading an article that um, EA caught the attention of the Canadian uh, Competition Tribunal. Um, I don't exactly know how, but it's based on on um, it's gambling uh, is, is what they they classify it as. There are countries that have outlawed yeah. loot boxes, and because of that games won't release in those countries because of it. Right? They get into a lot of hot yeah. water. But like, I'm not that. Yeah, in EU specifically, yeah. uh, I think maybe initially, but like the fact that now, like if it's Canada's now looking mm-hmm. at it, right? It doesn't take much now for like someone in the U.S. to possibly yeah anti trade it a little bit. I think if, if, if we want to put a cap in it, uh, one thing that they said in the article uh, where they talked about the battle pass and everything that really caught my eye was they said they wanted the premium battle pass to be fair, enjoyable, and rewarding. And if they can stick to that, um, I think that rings true with everything you guys said about Fortnite. It's fair. Um, it sounds like you had a good time. I mean, I think enjoyable almost comes down more to the game itself. And it's rewarding. It keeps, you know, it keeps giving you those those breadcrumbs, um, and that gets you through it. You know what made Fortnite enjoyable? No build mode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, that. I'm sorry. Like, I know this is not a Fortnite podcast, but the moment kids started doing their 60s and 90s, and I was completely <laughs> Stop like cranking the song, be like, I'd fight, I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd fire my weapon once, and all of a sudden, yeah. brrr, and they're sniping me from like, I don't know. The stratosphere <laughs> that's true that's true. imagine they introduce a, a building hero in overwatch <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> put a fortress down yeah. no Tor- torbjorn's evil brother torbjorn <laughs> warbjorn <laughs> warbjorn <laughs> fortbjorn whoa <laughs> that's awesome oh man oh well Again, uh, Samson, thanks for joining us uh, for this episode, talking a little about your experience in the summer showdown. It's good to have uh, another voice and uh, you know another opinion on 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 the show. Um, but I, if you've reached this point, we've not actually told anyone where they can find you beyond uh, you know pissing off the Titans. Court <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, thanks for letting me share my experience. Like. Uh, I actually had a really great time. I think it was a really well-run event and props to the Overwatch League team and, and all the production there. It was it was really fun, safe, and like I'm a hardcore fan, so I would go again. But I, I genuinely would recommend that kind of event too. 
friends and family. Um, yeah, to find me, I am mostly active on Twitter and Instagram, both Samson XP. So my name, S-A-M-S-O-N, and then XP, like the letter X and a P. Uh, on Twitter, I have a little underscore. Um, I sometimes post my gameplay clips to TikTok. Um, actually, I've been rotating between like video game highlights and like fitness content. I just like sharing stuff online. I think it's fun. Merge the two. Merge the I two. Gotta, I got to do it. Like, you know, doing like a, something on a treadmill while Ooh. playing Overwatch 2. Yeah, every every death I get, I have to do 10 push-ups. And then uh, we'll see mm-hmm. how many I get at the end of the game. And, and they have to complete them before the uh, respawn. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Got some ideas there. But uh, yeah, just find me on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, SamsonXP. Um, that's where you can reach me and find my stuff. Cool. Um, and as we're apt to do at the end of every one of our show, it's time for some final words of wisdom. Do you have any final words of wisdom you want to share with everyone there, Samson? Uh, remember to drink a lot of water, be kind to one another, and uh, don't forget to go on a walk. Good one. Very sage word. <laughs> uh, Omni, you've spent half the episode. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I looked at some, some good uh, good content online and I found some. So to commemorate Kiriko's announcement, I have some ninja jokes and they get increasingly <laughs> immature. <laughs> so I hope you're ready. So oh what shoes do ninjas wear? Uh, That's an easy one. Come on. Slippers? Sneakers. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, next one. What do you call a red-haired ninja? A ginger. And, uh, yeah, I apologize for the last one, but what do ninjas and farts have in common? Silent but deadly? They're both silent Silent but deadly. deadly. Oh, yeah, the quieter, the deadlier, that's right. (laughs) See, see, the problem here is that when you say, oh, it's getting more mature, it's like getting much easier for Uh, us to figure it out. The the more mature ones were really hard to get. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, How about you, Jordan? Uh, Well, I'm going to hearken back to the start of the episode, um, if you can remember that far back. And uh, I'll just say, always chase that big thing. <laughs> I've totally forgotten what we were talking about. <laughs> the farts. <laughs> we were talking about the grand finals. No. <laughs> I'm not chasing that big thing. <laughs> oh, man. Well, see, now, like, dad jokes used to be my thing, but now, like, Omni is, like, totally creeping in and he's providing some hell of material. Uh, so much so that it kind of shames me that I don't even have a joke. I just have a story. But. Um, this past weekend, uh, there was a, got a group of people together. We're having a barbecue and, um, anyhow, I, we had burgers and what have you. And I brought out like barbecue sauce, ketchup, mustard, what have you. And, and someone's like, Oh no, no. Um, you know, you need some mayonnaise. And so I asked if, uh, uh, someone could grab some for me. And, uh, anyhow, the, the guy that did, I guess he thought I was looking and he threw this glass of, you know, mayonnaise at me. And I'm like, what the hell, man? <laughs> Okay, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> and I, is, is Hellman's mayonnaise like universal or is it Canadian? Like this is the, my worry I think here. It's was universal? The, okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean it. It's those jokes that that are regional in nature that sometimes fall flat. So mm-hmm. I just never know. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you've made it this far in the show and the jokes haven't scared you off, I'm going to hope that you're going to click that subscribe button in your podcast application. 
You can also keep up on everything that is RSP by following us on social media. We're at Ready, Set, Pwn in every social media application that we have happened to sign up for. And the conversation never stops in RSP Discord. The link there is discord.io slash Ready, Set, Pwn. So on behalf of our special guest, Samson, uh, Jordan at Sir Dr. Jam, and the host of the One Man Watchpoint podcast, Omni at Omnistrafe, and myself, Chris, at Lightforce, catchphrase! Thank you.